Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome to the program today. Episode 18 of Live Mike here on KSL News Radio. Today, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I've got a treat for you. We're going to take a break from Iran. Yesterday, it was all Iran all the time. I, I will say, though, we are going to talk a little bit about Iran, a little bit. We started talking about the plane crash yesterday. We have some more details on that issue today. There's some speculation. It looks like maybe it was a missile that took it down. We're going to find out about those details. Aaron Katursky from ABC News is going to join us and give us all the details on that. Uh, but beyond that, as I look here on the, the rundown that producer Amy put together for us, I think we're pretty well free of Iran stuff. Oh, one exception. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, there's this uh, concurrent resolution that Speaker Pelosi is pushing through the House today. We're going to talk about that. Uh, I've got some opinions. Congressman Bishop is going to join us as well and talk about uh, that. And really, the point is, it's nothing more than pageantry. This is not something that will tie the hands of the president. Uh, it's, it's not even something that uh, Leader McConnell is going to uh, bring up uh, in the Senate. So it's uh, it's an exercise in uh, futility and pageantry more than anything. But we'll get into that. We'll get into the details. I have the resolution printed out. I'm going to read to you uh, what it says in there. Uh, but that's it. Uh, again, that's it for Iran. Uh, we're going to get an update, and that's it. We're going to get back to the regular business uh, going on here in the state of Utah, which brings me to my uh, first guest. Representative Brad Daw joins us here in studio, represents uh, District 60, uh, a, a Republican, lives down in Orem. Grateful to you for coming. Did you drive all the way up here for us? Well, Leah, I, I'd like to say yes, just to, because your show is so <laughs> awesome. But we're having all-day caucus uh, just downtown a little bit, so I was able to pop over now. I would have come all the way up here just for you, just well, so you know. That's very kind of you. Uh, here's what brings uh, the representative into the studio today. We were coming through some of the bills that have been introduced uh, for this upcoming legislative session. And one such bill caught the eye of my producer, uh, Amy. She said, uh, she said, look at this. Representative Daw would like to make it, uh, we'd like to prevent teens from using tanning beds. They're in place right now if mom says it's okay or a doctor says it's okay or dad. Uh, it's fine for, for a teen, a minor, to use these tanning beds. Uh, Representative Daw would like to change that. Uh, but while you were on the phone with Amy, you let her know about this other effort of yours dealing uh, with uh, lenders here in the state of Utah. T t tell us very broadly what, what you're up to on the lending side. Well, Lee, thanks for asking that question. The fact is, is I've been working on payday lending, lending legislation over the years in a number of different forms. But what really happened this session was there was a piece published about a, a company up in Ogden, I believe, called Loans for Less, that they actually went out, got a warrant, and arrested some of their debtors, uh, basically carted them off, I guess, in one case, a Walmart employee, and and took them to prison for not paying their debt. And to me, that's a huge problem. You, you do not arrest people for being in debt. As far as I understand, that's actually right in the U.S. Constitution. We don't have debtors' prison. Right, yeah, yeah. since uh, late 1800s, you haven't been able to imprison people for, for owing you money. The story to which you make reference, uh, the headline, it's on KSL.com, you can read it. Uh, it originated in ProPublica, but we have it up on our website as well, KSL.com. The headline is, Utah Lenders Loan You Money. 
then they get a warrant for your arrest. The way they did that uh, is this. Obviously, they can't be locking folks up for, for, being, for being in debt. But you can take folks to court, and if you don't make that appearance, then a warrant for your arrest can be can be issued. Yeah, that's what happens. And we say, look, before you go that route, garnish their wages. Uh, maybe uh, you could do something with their property, but arresting them is just that's a step too far. And we're trying to uh, put a clamp on that. That's what your legislation would do. That's among the that's a, a number of things it would do. Yes, but that's an important piece. Uh, this legislation was passed a few years ago. It had to do with uh, construction loans and multi million dollar kinds of debt, and there was a, a legitimate concern for it. It was never contemplated being used for these smaller dollar lenders, and so we're saying no, you can't use it for that purpose. And, and explain to us uh, a little more what that is. Some years ago, the 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 law, the law was changed to allow for a certain behavior, certain tactic in business. Yeah, uh, and and that is being exploited now by at least the the business highlighted in this article. Exactly. Well, what happened is years ago, and I, I don't know the details here, uh, I, but basically you had uh, uh, some uh, contractor, some uh, construction folks who were not paying off on on their debt. They weren't paying a construction loan, something like that, and it became a real hassle. And so they wanted some more teeth to go after those folks. But we're talking multi-million dollar loans and, and a whole different uh, arena that we're playing in there. And what we learned in this article is that there are these uh, lenders who, or at least in, in the instance in the article, uh, a single lender who is handing out loans. And these are small. This is not million dollars. This is uh, something akin to, you know, how can I, uh, I don't know, make a car payment or make my mortgage this month. Uh, $100 figures. Three, $400 uh, tops, yeah. If those folks would take out these loans mm-hmm. uh, and then would would miss a payment. And in, again, <laughs> repeating the point we've made here, you can't uh, imprison a debtor, uh, but what you can do is you can take them to court. Mm-hmm. And if you miss your court appearance, uh, you can a warrant can be issued for your arrest. And that's what, uh, that's what the law allows. And, and we're just saying, no, let's go back to it. And, and most lenders, in all fairness, most lenders do it this way anyway. They'll garnish their wages. Yeah. They'll take them to a collection agency. Uh, it's really, it's pretty rare that a lender can't find some measure by which to recover their money, uh, especially when it's these small dollar figures. And and the idea of arresting them is just, uh, that's just too much. How, do, how does your legislation kind of usher the behavior more towards the garnishing of wages or, or, you know, more acceptable behavior? Well, those things are already in the law right now. We're just saying you can't have this arrest route. You can't do that. And so they're pushing back to the other routes. Understood. What else does your uh, bill address? Well, right now, what we're trying to look at is a couple of different things. Uh, one of the things that we've noticed over the years is we don't have a really good handle on the practices of payday lenders from a regulatory agency. We're not really retrieving enough information to know what's going on. In other words, when we've done audits, we found some huge problems with uh, a lot of people being trapped in debt where they really shouldn't have been. And so one of the main things you want to do is put uh, a better light on the industry, see what they're doing, have some more transparency, have some better reporting, and then and then do a little bit better job of overseeing what the industry does. Right now, there's been kind of slack. We're speaking with Utah Representative Brad Dahl, represents uh, District 60, uh, lives down in Orem. He has a piece of legislation uh, which has been introduced into the Utah House dealing with uh, lenders and what they are able and uh, more specifically what they shouldn't be able to do. Uh, give us, let's take a step backwards. Utah mm-hmm. is kind of unique when it comes to this type of business. We, there are a lot of payday lenders. If you drive up and down I-15, uh, you, you'll see billboards when you get on the side streets, you're going to see their locations. Uh, talk to us about the 
nature of Utah's relationship with payday lending? Well, that's a great question. The fact is, is most states in the country fit into one of two categories. Either they flat out ban the practice of payday lending or they have some kind of a database, a central database, and they strictly limit how many loans a person can have. And that's red states, blue states. It doesn't seem to matter. There's red states that have databases. In fact, uh, uh, Florida, which pioneered the use of the database, is, uh, you know, at the time was a very red state. It was done by a Republican governor. Utah sits right uh, in kind of no man's land with, uh, I think, the other state that really qualifies as Texas where our regulation is very limited. Now, we do have some things that are nice. For example, we had the idea of a a long-term payment plan. In other words, you can at some point in time for one of your loans call a timeout and basically put on a long-term payout plan with no interest. But as far as, as regulation, looking at other states, we're pretty light. And, and a payday loan, let's get, let's get some definitions here. A payday mm-hmm. loan, this is a short-term loan for most folks, a relatively low dollar amount, uh, which ends up carrying with it a very high interest rate. Uh, the average amount of a payday loan is $350. It's generally a two-week term. And for that $350, you're paying about, I want to say, $80. And so that uh, that calculates out to be about four hundred percent annual interest rate. You know, if you if you take the two weeks to the full year, and c- compare that to you know just for folks who may not be engaged in this type of business, compare that to your auto loan, which if you're lucky you can get down into single digits, low single digits. Mm-hmm. Uh, your home loan, uh, the the interest rates uh, on from these payday lenders. And I'm going to step aside from the reporting and just offer some opinion. It's akin to usury. Uh, that certainly would be uh, uh, an apt uh, comparison as usury. Now, they will say, look, it's not really interest, it's a fee. But the fact is, if they're talking about consumer debt, maybe a better comparison would be credit card percentages. Okay. That's still a little higher than a home loan, but it's it's less than 18% almost across the board. Or a loan from like a furniture store, which, you know, frankly, they have 90 day for nothing. So, yes, it, it, it a usury is not an unfair term. All right. Uh, Representative Doc, grateful to you. We're going to keep you for one more segment. Moving on into the next segment, we're going to talk about uh, a piece of legislation you've introduced dealing with tanning beds. You'd like to keep teens out of tanning beds. That's next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.